What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and we had an absolute abundance of injuries in week seven, sadly. But what that means is that the waiver wire is a little bit juicier now. We have some handcuffs we got to pick up. We have some situations that are changing here. So we're going to get into our top 10 must-add waiver wire pickups for week eight of the fantasy football season. We'll go through some running backs, some wide receivers, some tight ends, all about 50% owned or less on ESPN. I get a little bit loose with that restriction as we go on into the season, just because the waiver wire starts to dry up and because, you know, there's some of you guys out there where some of these guys are on waivers in your leagues and I want to make sure I cover them. So we're going to get into that in a second. Make sure you get on below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Thirsty, thirsty, try to choose. I mean, I know I'm critical. My nitty now, our first ad here was supposed to be Michael Carter, but he's taken in like 66% of leagues right now. And on top of that, we have the James Robinson trade from the Jaguars to the Jets for a six-rounder, which completely muddles that backfield. Both Robinson and Carter are pretty much owned everywhere, so it doesn't really matter for waiver wire purposes. But I know a lot of channels out there were probably talking about Michael Carter on these waiver wire videos. Now, he's not somebody you blow your entire fab for. I imagine he's 1A to James Robinson's. 1b now when we talk about our actual priority ads here guys that we would spend 15 percent or more of our fab budget on we have gus edwards now we get the news on i believe it was like saturday that jk dobbins re-aggravated the acl something was up he's out four to six weeks so we have the three-headed backfield of gus edwards Kenyon drake and justice hill and gus edwards really shined here he had just 37 percent of the snaps in his first game back from the acl tear but he turned that into 16 carries. I don't even know how you get 16 carries on 37% of the snaps. I don't know if there's a metric out there like carry per snap, but he has to be a league leader in that. But he had 16 carries, 66 yards, two touchdowns, 18.6 points as the RB9 on the week in his first game back versus the Browns. The good news is, is that the snap share, while it's just 37%, it should go up, right? First game back from ACL, they should ramp him up from that. And then on top of that, he had a good game. So he should be a guy that if you need spot starts at running back, let's say you had Brees Hall and you need a guy who can go into your lineup and start right away, Gus Edwards should be a top 30 running back every single week in terms of like weekly rankings where I would rank him pretty much until Dobbins returns somewhere in that week 11 to week 13 area. Our next priority ad is Chuba Hubbard and Deonta Foreman. And we had our first game with McCaffrey gone here and we saw what the Foreman-Hubbard experience looked like versus the Buccaneers. Now, I think that they ran really hot. They won 21-3 to against the Bucs as like 10-point underdogs. It was a really weird game. But they went out there for all of the RBs don't matter, bros, and they put up 30 fantasy points combined, 181 yards on 24 carries, just pretty much replacing McCaffrey's production right off the bat. Now, before Hubbard had an injury in the fourth quarter, it was about a 60-40 split to Hubbard. And then this is a really cool chart by Hayden Wings here that shows each snap for each running back however many minutes into the game as you can see until like that 45 minute mark when Hubbard takes his last snap Hubbard was leading the way and he was not only leading the way when we look at like zero through 30 minutes Hubbard had like the first what like nine of ten running back snaps to start the game maybe they were rotating drive by drive but it seems like Hubbard was the 1a Foreman was the 1b the issue is is that I would have leaned Hubbard but now that he has an ankle injury, I probably prefer Foreman, but I think that they're both strong as this is an ambiguous backfield. I don't think both of them will have top 24 weeks like they did, but I think you will be able to get weeks out of them 
moving forward. After that, we have George Pickens here, another priority ad. And I wanted to mention him, even though he's available in 45% of ESPN League, so he's 5% over the 50% parameters that we set for ourselves. But again, we break that rule from time to time. And again, with these rookie wide receivers, these are profiles that have a ton of upside. I talk about it every week. You guys are probably annoyed about me talking about it, but I went through my prospect database and just looked at like the highest win rate seasons of all time for rookies. You have McLaurin, you have Ayuk, you have Jalen Waddle, Chase Claypool, Amon Ross St. Brown, AJ Brown. All of these guys were league winners as rookies, guys who really propelled your team forward. And if you can find that off of waivers, that's a huge boost for your team. I think Pickens offers that upside. He had a six target, 61 yard, one touchdown game for 18.1 PPR points this week. It was his best PPR performance of the season. And I think a lot of opportunity might open up here if Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson are traded at the deadline. There's been a lot of buzz for Claypool in particular. Now, our last priority ad here, we have Wandale Robinson. He scores 11 PPR points this week. He had an 81% route participation. He had eight targets, 27% target share, six catches, 50 yards. Now, the points weren't crazy explosive or whatever but the Jaguars are a good defense and he looked really good his route participation went up from like 35 percent to 81 percent it's clear Dabble wants to get him more involved and he did his thing now again it wasn't like the most explosive performance but eight targets for six catches 50 yards is really really promising in just his second full game as an NFL wide receiver on the entire year, he has a 27% target prout run. We're looking for 25% as an elite number. He has a higher than yard, two yards prout run, which is an elite number. On a per route basis, he is elite. He had 81% of the routes, right? So it's not just a small sample size. Now, on 81% of the routes, he looked good. He should be startable in fantasy moving forward as a wide receiver three with upside for more than that. Wandale Robinson, if he's on waivers, make sure he's on your team. Now we'll just get into our normal ads. These are guys that I'm either using like a dollar of fab on or just waiting until they roll through waivers. And first up, we'll talk about Rashad White here. He quietly had his highest snap share of the season at 44% of the snaps, and he had eight of the 19 total running back carries in Tampa Bay, holding Fournette to just 11 carries and targets combined. He's slowly starting to chip into his role. The points weren't there. I think he only scored like four fantasy points, but again, when you're often scores just a field goal on offense there's really only so many fantasy points to go around regardless he's carving a Pollard type of role here where he's like taking carries and targets away from Leonard Fournette and he is maybe one of the most upside charged handcuffs right now or if anything was to happen to Leonard Fournette Rashad White would be a top 15 option instantaneously next we have Isaiah Pacheco who was listed as a starter he didn't do much but he needs to be rostered in more than just 30 percent of ESPN leagues this is a guy who was announced as the lead back, as the starter for the Chiefs. They score too many points to not be interested in that and to not roster that player. Now, he did lead the backfield in touches. The issue was it was only eight carries for 43 yards. We're going to need that to be more than that for that to be somebody we can start in lineups. But again, he's on the Chiefs. The points will be there. You probably need an injury to Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Jarek McKinnon for Pacheco to be truly relevant or you need Clyde edwards to almost be like under five touches. It's going to be tough, but again, as fantasy players in this environment right now, we don't have the luxury to leave Pacheco on waivers, just given his team and given his upside. After that, we have Kyron Williams. Now, this one is really more relevant last week, but I just wanted to bring it up again because if he is on waivers in your league, the Rams haven't made any moves at running back. We had the Jets trade for James Robinson. That takes a running back off the market. Maybe somebody trades for Cam Akers. Maybe the Rams trade for like a Kareem Hunt. We'll see what happens. But as long as the Rams don't make any moves, 
the minute Kyron Williams is back from injury, which it seems like that could be any minute now, he is going to be the RB2 on that team. He'll be a handcuff at worst, and he could work in and start taking away touches from Darrell Henderson in what should be a strong offense. I know the Rams offense has struggled this year, but they should be able to get back towards at least the median expectation for this offense. Then we have Tyler Boyd, who again, I'm, I'm sort of bending the rules here. He's rostered in 56.1% of leagues, but that just feels way too low. He's on waivers. Please go grab him off. He probably should have been on a priority ad, but I didn't really want to add him there just because he's not available across every league. But he had 29.5 points this week on eight catches for 155 yards and a touchdown. It's his second 20-plus point game of the year. He's quietly doing really, really well for fantasy. And if the Bengals are going to be third in pass rate over expectation like they are right now, all of these pass catchers on the Bengals will be startable. Now, our last ad for today is a tight end. We have Mike Gusecki, and he only had 5.7 PPR points this week. But the last two weeks, he's had a really big usage change that matters. He was at a 52.5% route participation over his first five weeks. The last two weeks, he's been at 73%. We're looking for 80% plus, but 73% will get it done just because of how bad the landscape of tight ends are right now. So if you have Njoku hurt or you have other tight ends struggling, Gasecki is a nice option, especially against the Lions next week that are allowing the fifth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends right now. Now that is going to do it for us today. That was pretty rapid fire, pretty quick, but I want to make these as digestible as possible in season. There's really not a ton to really dig into the weeds on. I think we covered everything here. As always, if you want my exact fab recommendations for each waiver wire pickup, that'll be on patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. You can find that in the description. You can find that at the top of the comments below. Every week on Tuesdays, I drop an article going over every single waiver wire target for me and what exactly I am bidding on them in free agency on top of that you've got my rest of season rankings my dynasty rankings my weekly rankings start sit stream access every sunday you get a bunch of cool stuff on there patreon.com slash ron stewart and if you can't support us over there any like subscribe comment goes a long long way as always i, I will see you guys Foolies glad I'm home. Even my haters kinda glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my bag up on. Rapper, song, singer, suspended, subpoena. From Mr. Meaner's dreamer. Hell back asses, Loki's still a dance.